welcome. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Check the Mark. I'm Mark Lucero. Thanks for tuning in. Got a great show today. Kayla Day stops by. Kayla is a young American player on the rise. I've known her since my time at the USTA Player Development. It's moving season. Oz Open points are on the board. This is kind of where you see older players who've been hanging on. They've had points on the board for 12 months. Those points start to come off. We see fresh faces making moves. J.J. Wolf, Ben Shelton, just to name a few. But there's a plethora of tournaments around the globe. If you follow tennis, you got to keep your head in a swivel. Europe, North America, Asia, Middle East. Players playing their way from outside qualities into Grand Slam qualities, from Grand Slam qualities into Grand Slam main draws. There will be a lot happening this spring. you got to pay attention. After the break, Kayla Day. All right, I want to welcome Kayla Day. Kayla, thanks for joining me on Check the Mark. Thank you so much for having me. So Kayla is an American woman on the rise after dealing with some adversity over the last few years. Kayla was the junior U.S. Open champion in 2016, having just turned 17 years old. She reached number one in the world in juniors. 2017, she made the third round at Indian Wells, was on the verge of breaking into the top 100. She ran into some trouble had some injuries that was my daughter <laughs> and then came ran to the pandemic obviously dealing with injuries there was a reduced calendar playing opportunities wise and finally she's back on her way inside the top 200 and she's still only 23 years old kayla it feels like your career has been so long i i definitely agree i feel like i've been on tour for at least a decade by now <laughs> so listen we gotta tell the listeners you and i have known each other for a long time I remember your first day at the USTA after school program. I mean, this is years ago, the four to seven program, 10 years old on the clay courts, you, Claire Lou, all the other little ones running around. It's been a while. Yeah, um, I don't remember my first day, but I'm glad you can remember that. It was a significant event. <laughs> yeah, um, I can't believe we've known each other for what, like 14 years now? Uh, it makes me feel old. Yeah, I think I think that's how long. But yeah, we've definitely spent a lot of time together over the years and yeah it's good to still keep in touch so Kayla let's talk a little bit about what it's like you know 2016 2017 for you when it seemed like your career was on this super fast path you were on like the trajectory where you were continuing to get better you were picking up a lot of wins you know you were beating good players you were beating established tour pros we see this happen with some top prospects what's it like when you're sort of on this fast track, are you enjoying it in the moment or is it one of those things where that's what's kind of supposed to happen? Yeah, I mean, I was definitely enjoying it in the, the beginning as I was on the rise, you know, getting a lot of wins so early on. Nobody really knows you or your game. So you kind of have that advantage going for you. And then all of a sudden I felt all this pressure to come up with these wins to back these wins up. Um, and yeah, it was a really difficult time. I remember... When you you got the wild card in 2017 into the U.S. Open, and you were drawn to play my player Shelby, and we yes, were practicing yeah. quite quite a lot at the time because we'd see each other at the WTA events, and obviously I think you were basing at the time in South Florida, and I remember looking at the draw, and personally, and I was like, uh oh, because I know what a problem lefties can be, and particularly you at the time because you were doing so much winning. Do you remember a lot about that match? Yeah, um, I remember that being like a really tough, good match. And, um, you know, in the end, Shelby beat me. But that was um, a really good match, I felt like, overall. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't remember too much about it, but I just remember it being a long, grinding match. 
Yeah, I remember that the level was super high. It was that first court right outside Arthur Ashe. I don't know if it's court four or court six. They sort of changed the numbers. But yeah, I, I remember one of those. being great court. Yeah, great, great court. So, Kayla, following that U.S. Open, you know, thinking back again to the match we just talked about with Shelby, I thought you were playing at a really high level, maybe between, if I could quantify it, between like 40 and 60 in the world. And it looked like that was kind of an inevitability for you. So what happened next? What sort of got in the way of your progress? Yeah, so I thought I finished the 2017 season pretty strong. I had a few other good results um, towards the end of that season. And then I came into 2018, you know, excited to play. But, you know, in the beginning of the year, I just was not feeling my best. Um, I went through, um, I think, like a 10-match losing, losing streak, was just not was getting sick all the time, not feeling good. Um, the first thing that happened to me was uh, I broke my foot, which took a long time to heal. And then again, I was just not feeling my best, but nobody could really figure out what was going on. Um, it wasn't until the end of the year that I found out that I actually had mono for like the whole year. And oh, no. so I, yeah, so I really had to take a lot of time off the court to rest and heal. Um, and it wasn't until like probably mid 2019 where I started feeling better from that. Um, and uh, towards at the late end, or at kind of late summer in 2019, um, I was in back in California for a few weeks and my, my old coach, um, from when I was, uh, my coach from when I was like nine years old, uh, Larry Missouris actually told me, you know, I think it's the best if you move back to California, I think, you know, that would be what's best for you. So I listened to him on that decision and I moved back unfortunately right when i moved back to california i tore my quad so uh i was out again for another yeah it was it was really like a spiral kind of bad luck and um looking back i probably should have um taken a protective ranking or something like that but i just wanted to keep playing so i never i never did that but looking back that would have been a smart decision um so i tore my quad and trying to come back at the end of 2019 you know my ranking was really really low and then uh starting to get back into it in 2020 and then COVID hit and that was you know nobody could have predicted that then I was stuck in this place where I was ranked like really low and they weren't really bringing back any of the smaller tournaments so it was really hard for me to kind of get going all of 2020 I think I played like three or four tournaments the whole year. So I didn't really give myself much of a chance just because of COVID. And um, then I started to play again in 2021, um, was kind of getting back into the groove of things and then ended up tearing my labrum in my hip. So it was was kind of um, like so many injuries and bad luck. And um, that's when I started working with Cecil and at, in kind of fall of 2021 and been really good ever since. And I've kind of been able to stay healthy and um, change my routine a, lot, a bit. So, uh, you know, I'm feeling so much better physically and pretty much injury-free, so that's really nice. Let's touch on the mono again. I think 
people don't necessarily understand the impact that mono has on athletes. I mean, I can think of a few players, Mario Ancic, maybe a couple others, where mono has been a real career killer, and it's lingered up to you know a year and even longer. How do you feel it, it affected you? Was it affecting you when you were starting to you know return to training and competition? Yeah. So the the big problem with me is like I kept feeling like I was feeling terrible. I was getting um, swollen uh, tonsils all the time, and doctors kept misdiagnosing me, saying that I have tonsillitis or strep throat. Um, so after like six, eight months of that, just feeling like crap all the time, I didn't believe them, and I got tested for mono, and that's where it all kind of clicked. I was like, oh, this is why I've been feeling so terrible for so long. So. I mean, it's one um, thing then, if you have mono and you rest and then you go to your office, right? And you you review some legal documents. But it's another thing if you're an athlete and you're you know having to deal with a heart rate that gets up to 180 beats per minute, 200 beats per minute and bring it back down and you have a compromised internal respiratory system. Yeah, it was it was definitely a struggle and it, and it lingered for such a long time. So I really, um, I had to take my time and really rest. Um, so yeah, I ended up being, I was like in bed for like a few months when I, when I found out, I was like, I really need to rest and knock this thing out. So yeah. I want to talk about what you've learned about yourself and in, in sort of taking control of your career, you know, going from Southern California to Florida and back and trying different coaches and sort of taking the reins and going from the USDA to hiring your own coach and you know, the, the, the challenge for a young player to find out what works for them and to surround themselves with the right people. You, you kind of just, you, you touched on that so fast. Like, I would love to hear you talk more about that. Yeah, I mean, the first thing, going from USTA, I mean, I was a USTA girl, like, pretty much my whole life until I was, like, 18. So that was a big change to go from that to hiring a coach because that's, you know, a huge expense, especially as, like, a young player on tour. So at that time, that kind of added um, a bit of stress into my life. And then um, the things that I've learned are just that, you know, I'm a much stronger person than I thought I could even could be. I didn't I didn't realize how strong I was until, you know, I started, like you said, took the reins into my own hands and um, started doing so many things on my own. So, yeah. And for you, what do you like to do as far as tennis? Are you a two practices a day kind of person? Would you rather do one longer one? Are you, you know, four, five, six weeks on the road? Do you like to try to make the trip shorter? What have you learned as far as that sort of stuff? Honestly, I love being on the road. I love traveling. I don't, I could be on the road pretty much the whole year. <laughs> um, I've grown to really like it, which I didn't used to. When I was a bit younger, I, I I struggled being on the road for a long time, but I've just adapted to that. So now it's just become part of my life. And practice, that really depends. Sometimes I like two practices, sometimes one longer. That just depends day to day. So right now, where are you basing yourself out of? Are you in L.A.? Are you in Santa Barbara? Yeah, so my main base is in uh, Burbank. Um, my coach is Cecil Mamet. And that's where, you know, I did my preseason. That's where, like, I'll come back to when, you know, I do come home. Um, so, yeah, that's the place. This is another thing that I think that people don't 
really think too much about is the, the value of a stable coaching situation, first of all. And then the second, the value of having a good coach and a good team, because there are a lot of super average coaches and super, you know, poor teams out there. And it can take a while for players, especially when they're in the, that critical window of the development like that you were in as you sort of transition from juniors to the pros. It's so hard and not everyone is lucky that they just have, you know, they found a right fit right away. Yeah, exactly. And I was super fortunate to find Cecil. And the thing that stood out to me most was in the beginning, every time I started in the past, every time I started working with a new coach, they would always ask me like, what happened? Why aren't you this? Why aren't you that? Why aren't you 30 in the world by now? And Cecil never like asked that of me. He just took me as a fresh new player. And it was like a fresh start in my mind, which I so greatly appreciated. As far as X's and O's, what have you or what have you guys sort of tried to do with your game? Oh, we've done a lot. We spent a ton of time working on my movement. We changed my service motion, um, changed my forehand. I mean, um, there's been so many changes made, and I still think, you know, there's countless room for improvement. So That's cool. I, I really like Cecil. I really like being around him, both, you know, his time since he came off tour, working with Maria, and, and obviously working with a ton of great players over there, over there in Burbank. Who do you practice with when you're in town? Um, mainly him. Sometimes, you know, I'll come over to Carson to hit with my friend Claire Liu, but, you know, mainly I hit with him. Can he still hit? Oh yeah, he's still really good. <laughs> so, talk about your relationship with Claire and how you guys. I mean, you guys have known each other. You guys have been pals since nine, ten years old, and to now, you know, be on tour. And also, someone who's sort of gone through a similar arc to you, where she was on the fast track, then ran into some trouble, and then now is sort of back. You know, she she's back to a career high ranking, but she's gone through some of the difficult stuff as well. Yeah, um, yeah. seeing Claire do so well right now is super inspiring for me. Um, the first time we played each other, we were like eight years old, and we I, we probably played over 50 matches against each other, so it's just really good to see her, you know, struggle a bit and then just prevail from that and be doing so great right now. So for you, what's 23 look like? What, what are your goals? What do you want out of the year? And what's it going to look like as far as travel? Um, well, I'll keep some of my goals to myself, okay. but for sure, I would love to be top hundred this year. Traveling wise, are you going to stay sort of mostly in North America? Are you going to, I mean, you're going to be in qualities for the French and Wimbledon. Are you going to yeah. build your schedule around WTA events? Or are you going to try to continue building sort of at the challenger and then, you know, sprinkle in some qualities? Um, I think it will be like a good mix of both. I'm definitely going to try to play few more WTAs like I'm planning on playing um, Monterey and Merida I think it is in February in Me down in Mexico so um, but throw some ITS in there and definitely have a good mix of those and then it's tough to plan too far out because you never know how things will go but good mix I the WTA has really beefed up the 125 schedule that's got to be a huge boost for someone who's in that that ranking band that you're in oh yeah for sure um one two fives are great because they're still WTA events, um, but a little easier to get in ranking wise. Kayla Day, I appreciate you coming on the show so much. Before we go, I want to since you're such a you know a, a travel a travel person, give me your top two cities that you've 
been to over the years that you like returning back to and your go-to place in each city for, you know, whatever it is, coffee, dinner, lunch, acai bowl. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Um, I love New York city. Um, and my favorite place to go, I'm so lame. I always go to Starbucks. But I do oh, go no. to other... <laughs> okay. All right. Is that what the kids call basic? Yeah, that's what they call basic. But I, there's so many good coffee shops in New York. I just can't think. Blue Bottle's really good, or Ralph's Coffee, really good. Okay, I'm gonna have to try Ralph's. Okay, I'm gonna say Ralph's Coffee. All right, give York. me another city, preferably outside I, the U.S. Preferably outside the U.S. I'm gonna go Prague, obviously, oh. because I'm I'm half Czech, so that's that's a no-brainer for me. And what what do you like in Prague? Are you a are you a Czech food person? Do you like some, uh, I'm trying to think, some like pounded chicken or what? Czech food is really good. During Christmas, they all they have these like mar little markets, which I love to go to. Um, so I would say that's what I like best about Prague. Christmas time, you got to do the little Christmas markets. The Christmas markets, very famous. Okay, cool. Awesome. Kayla Day, I really appreciate the time. Listen, I wish you the best of luck in 2023. It's been cool to see your resurgence and kind of, you know, following the results. Like I've been following the results over the last year and seeing the things sort of trend the right way. And I, you know, as someone who's just, like I said, known you for so long, I really wish for the best. And I can't wait to see you playing at the big tournaments where you know, I have no doubt you'll end up because that's where you belong. And you've, I know you've done the hard yards and been through the fire, as they say. <laughs> Yes. Well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. Big thank you to Kayla for coming on. I really appreciate her making the time. Kayla Day is just one of many players out there with a story that makes you want to pull for them. I want to try to bring some of these stories to light because not everybody knows about them. And one of the things, just watching the Netflix show, obviously Netflix show focuses on some top players, but you see when you get a look behind the curtain, you see the insecurity, you see the wondering, am I good enough? Will I ever do what I've dedicated my whole life to doing? Nobody set out to be an average pro tennis player. People set out to be number one in the world and to win Grand Slams. So that reality of being a pro player, of coming up short in these matches, it sort of shakes you to the core. So again, putting a light on these stories, it gives you something to root for when you are at tournaments. It gives you a little investment when you know someone's backstory. So Again, big thank you to Kayla. Thank you for tuning in. Please tell a friend about Check the Mark. I'll be back. I'm going to try to do better. I always say that. I'm going to try to put out a show once a week. Hit me up on the socials, at Mark Lucero on Twitter, at Mark Lucero on the gram. I am out. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the week.